Welcome back to At The Buzzer. I'm Tyler Fertel, alongside my co-hosts, Andrew Lubliner, Cam McCline, and Dean McCollum. Today, we'll be doing a recap of the past NFL season that ended this past weekend, where the Buccaneers defeated the Chiefs 31-9 to in an unexpected, relatively big blowout. So, we're going to start here with a little bit of a recap of the Super Bowl. Uh, like I just said, the Bucs just beat the, Chief, uh, the Chiefs. Um, and yeah, this was... No, no one was really expecting this. I, I, I'm gonna say, I mean, you can talk about how people bet on the Bucks, but they were not favored in this game and stuff. So, I mean, honestly, no one was really expecting it to be this lopsided, especially in the Buccaneers' favor. So, we're gonna start this off by talking about the Chiefs' offense against the Buccaneers' defense. I mean, I just want to uh, put a stat out here really quickly. Todd Bowles only called blitzes on 9.7% of the plays that his defense played and they basically got to the quarterback almost every time. And Mahomes was basically running for his life. Anytime he took a snap. So, I mean, honestly, just what, what did you think about that side of the ball during this game? Yeah, there, uh, as you said, Patrick Mahomes was running for his life all game, every single big snap, at least every single third and long, everything. Patrick Mahomes was pushed out of the pocket right away every single time, scrambling 30 yards backwards. I think we all saw this uh, stat on Instagram, but Patrick Mahomes ran almost 500 yards in the backfield in that game, and that's just unbelievable. So obviously he was pressured a ton in that game. So, yeah. Um, Adding to what you're saying, and then we can move on to Dean or Andrew, but I mean – just the, the pressure that they got out with Shaquille Barrett, Vita Vea, uh, look, I mean, Devin White uh, went and pressured a little bit sometimes. And then also um, Jason Pierre-Paul. So just having the, and Adama Sue, who's on. Uh, so they had really a four-man blitz going, uh, or a four-man rush, not even a blitz, a four-man rush going basically the whole game and got to him almost every time. I mean, granted, both of the tackles were out for the Chiefs. And, um, it, and I mean, uh, yeah. It was always basically one. It was a one v one matchup against for the defensive ends and tackles versus the offensive linemen. But I mean, it was so lopsided in the trenches, and I mean, it was it was honestly crazy to watch. Um. Yeah. It it was a pretty interesting game, um, to say the least. Uh. Yeah, like you said. Uh, Todd Bowles um, didn't blitz a lot, although that's his main thing. He's known for being a blitzing kind of guy. I think that threw off the Chiefs a little bit, but it was the right move, to be honest, because, you know, Shaquille Barrett, he's one of the best pass rushers, probably one of the most underrated pass rushers in the NFL. He led the league in sacks last year, so he's definitely super talented. And then they got those great veterans, Jason Pierre-Paul and too. They've been in big games before. Jason Pierre-Paul has never lost in the postseason before. He knows how to show up in big games. Um yeah, so they they definitely stepped up. And as you said, without the Chiefs' two starting offensive tackles, it, it was a nightmare for Patrick Mahomes. He was running all over the place, and he made some of the most insane throws I've ever seen, and it still just couldn't get the job done. And I think this game kind of showed how important offensive line is and that no matter who your quarterback is, no matter what weapons you have on the outside, if your offensive line can't protect, um, then you're in trouble. And 
ta- the Tampa Bay offensive line um, compared to the Chiefs offensive line. It, they just dominated. Um, the Chiefs barely got any pressure on Tom Brady. I mean, just trying to remember the game. I think they got maybe one sack in the in the first quarter, and that was it. Um, one quick shout out to Tristan Wirfs. No one really talks about him, but he was probably the, one of the most productive rookies this season. I'm pretty sure he only gave up like one sack and like three QB pressures, which is insane for a rookie, uh, just a first year offensive tackle in general, let alone a rookie. Um, and just that offensive line as a whole just kept Brady clean the entire game. He had time to just throw the ball wherever he wanted to. And um, while Brady did win Super Bowl MVP, I feel like, um, you know, the spotlight should definitely be on the Bucks defense because they really showed up and they really held the number one offense in the NFL to zero touchdowns. So a pretty impressive win by the Buccaneers. Yeah, um, I made the mistake on not betting on playoff Tom Brady two games in a row. The NFC Championship, the Packers game. I thought the Packers should have won that. This isn't the Packers podcast. And then the, I, I thought that the Chiefs were going to beat them which they clearly didn't as they traveled all the way across the country. Well, not across the country, but they traveled far just to kick three field goals. Um, but you can't really put any of this game on Patrick Mahomes. As you guys, as you guys have said, the Chiefs O-line completely fell apart. They were missing a few starters, and Patrick Mahomes, was he, he couldn't do anything. He was under pressure every single time, throwing out of sacks, getting sacked. And on the other hand, when the Bucks got those defensive stops since Mahomes had a roll out of the pocket every single play. When the Bucks got the ball back on offense, Tom Brady had so much time in the pocket. He had all the time in the world, and Tom Brady's really good at not getting hit. I know he's kind of old, but like Andrew mentioned, he only got sacked one time the entire game, and that was in the first quarter. I remember that sack. And, I mean, when Tom Brady has all the time in the world to throw the ball, it's pretty dang hard to beat whatever team he's playing for, whether it's the Bucks or the Patriots, but... I mean, I think that Patrick Mahomes, like, he did all he could. I think that he played his best. But at the end of the day, you're going up against a GOAT who has a way better offensive line than you in the Super Bowl. You can't really beat that. So, I mean, it was well played by the Bucs. I I thought the Chiefs were going to win, but Tom Brady proved me wrong once again. Yeah, and talking about this, after this Super Bowl, giving Tom Brady seven Super Bowls in his career, um... A lot of people all over social media have said he's the undisputed greatest of all time in any sport. So right now, I don't know if any of us can make an argument against that. But you know what? Maybe in the future, we could potentially uh, be able to. Um, and adding to this Bucks, uh team, going into next year, uh, they have a couple important free agents. Chris Godwin, uh, Shaquille Barrett, Levante David, and Leonard Fournette, too. So I'm going to assume real quick that they are going to keep all four of these big free agents. Do you think they are the favorites to come out of the NFC again next year? Or do you think maybe the Packers or a couple other teams could potentially kind of be the favorites over them going into next year? I think that assuming that their team comes back, it's pretty hard to say that they're not the favorites. I'm sure they'll open up as the favorites. I'm sure, you know, next season they'll be a team like, maybe like the Packers at times this season or the Bills, that, that just breakout team that looks like the best team. That team, will there there will probably be a version of that team. But I think to start the season, um, assuming that Bucks roster stays the same, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be that. Because, I mean, some of those guys, some of their free agents, you know, are veteran players who probably aren't going to get much, uh, great offers from other teams who might just want to keep winning Super Bowls. And I feel like the two main guys um, that – 
actually have a small chance at leaving would be Chris Godwin, just because there's so many teams in need of a wide receiver and a team could pay him a lot of money to be their wide receiver one, but I don't know if I can see him leaving. And then the other big one, Shaquille Barrett, who is so influential um, in then win in them winning the Super Bowl and just throughout the entire season and the playoffs, he's going to want a lot of money. Um, I'm not sure how much money Tampa Bay has to offer. Uh, Mike Evans has already come out and said that he'll take less in order to resign some of these guys. Um, so yeah, but those two are definitely the two that have drawn the most interest from other teams. So it'll be interesting to see, but I think that they'll be able to bring everyone back And Yes, they will open up as a favorites for next year. Dean, let me add one thing really quickly. I also heard that Levante David wants huge money as a middle linebacker in the NFL. He wants maybe the most money for a linebacker. I might've heard. I, I, I don't remember uh, exactly if that was the stat, but, or uh, the information, but I think he wanted close to the uh, the most for any linebacker in the NFL. So, you know what, if they, if the Buccaneers are willing to give him that, I mean, I think he'll be back because he's, he's been an influential part of their organization for the past basically decade, a little less. So, yeah. Yeah. Like Andrew said, it really depends on those four main guys on whether they come back or not. Um, I can see, like Andrew said, I can see someone, uh, some guy like Chris Godwin, him leaving because there are going to be a bunch of teams that are going to throw a bunch of really, really high paying offers at Chris Godwin. Some that might be too high for him to resist and not come back to Tampa Bay. But as long as they bring all those guys back, those main four, I think that they're definitely uh, going to be the favorites uh, coming into this season. I mean, they're fresh off a of Super Bowl and they have the GOAT as their quarterback. Like, how can they not be the favorites if they bring those four main guys back? But I mean, even th- if they lose someone like Leonard Fournette, which might happen, I do still think that they'll still be the favorites because they have Ronald Jones, who's also pretty good. He had a pretty good season this year, and I'm pretty sure he got banged up at the end of the year. But uh, yeah, I mean, the Buccaneers, they put up an incredible run, and I'm sure if they run it back just like they did, uh, they're definitely going to be the favorites. I just want to add something to what Dean was saying, talking about how some of the other players might get good offers in terms of like bringing people back. I think that if it came down to a situation between, you know, paying Levante David and Shaquille Barrett or paying Chris Godwin and Leonard Fournette, they're probably going to take the defenders um, over the uh, guys on offense. As we just saw, just because as Dean mentioned, they still have Ronald Jones, who's younger than Leonard Fournette and is honestly, when fully healthy, a better running back. Um, And that position is easily replaceable. And then in terms of wide receiver, they have Mike Evans, they have Scotty Miller, Antonio Brown's probably not going to get any other better offers uh if he continues to play football from other teams so they still have him they have colin johnson um who's a young wide receiver and they can always draft the wide receiver in this draft if they really wanted to because there's a lot of good ones uh that could definitely go late round um because uh, I, know, I know dean um a packers fan wants them to take one of these late round wide receivers um oh yeah i meant uh tyler johnson not colin actually I think Colin Johnson Johnson was the one out of Texas, right? I I don't think he's on their team. Tyler Johnson is the wide receiver on um the Buccaneers, the one that got the PI call against the Packers. Yeah, I don't like that guy. <laughs> um, but yeah, adding okay. to another free agent here. Well, I, I just want to say one more thing. Um, uh, about your Levante David thing, uh, linebackers uh don't get paid very much. Uh, no offense to linebackers. Um, it's really the defensive ends that make the most money. And if those two want max deals, then there's no way they can give 
um, Chris Godwin, like a max deal. And I could definitely see uh, as sad as it would be for the Bucks organization. Um, I could definitely see uh, Chris Godwin going to another team where he could be the clear cut wide receiver one. And, you know, he could probably put up all pro numbers being the wide receiver one on their team, but we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, maybe like a potential team like the Jets if they trade for Deshaun Watson, giving Deshaun Watson that clear wide receiver one. Um, uh, adding to what you were saying, I kind of just began to talk about this. Um, Rob Gronkowski is also a tight end, uh, a free agent. Um, the chances of him li- leaving are extremely slim. Um, but uh, I just thought I would mention that just in case, just in case he maybe, maybe, maybe decides to look at his There's options. no way that he goes to another team because he retired just so he didn't Zero have to chance. play with anyone else I but know, Tom I know. Brady. I just wanna, their chances of him leaving are probably close to zero, but I just want to put that out there just in case. Um, Campbell, do you want to talk about anything on this topic? Uh, You guys really covered it all, but yeah, I think one of you said focus on bringing back the defenders and – uh. In terms of your question from a few minutes ago, yeah, they're definitely uh, the favorites to come out of the NFC this year. And I'd say they're the favorites to win the Super Bowl again. So, yeah. Um, And now we're going to go to the other side of uh, the Super Bowl ball, the Super Bowl game, I mean, uh, this past year. Um, uh, And we're go- I'm going to kind of talk about this going into the future, going into next year. Do are the Kansas City Chiefs still the number one unadapt? Can no one contend with the Kansas City Chiefs still in the AFC? Or do you think maybe teams like the Bills, teams like uh, maybe the Steelers, maybe the Browns, I don't know, the Ravens, um, do te- can they contend with them? Can they maybe take the throne away from the Chiefs? Or are the Chiefs undoubtedly going to go to the Super Bowl once again? As of right now, I just... I don't see a team being able to dethrone the Chiefs. I don't think the Chiefs could have asked for a harder matchup in terms of facing the Bills this past season. Um, and they just steamrolled them. Um, but at the end of the day, everyone just continues to improve. Like, you know, if Deshaun Watson goes to another team in the AFC that has some talent, you know, that team can definitely compete. Josh Allen just going to keep getting better. You know, he's already shown like that potential to be a top five QB in the NFL. If he's not there already, and he's just going to continue to get better. And, there's there's a ton of talent, definitely. Um, I'm not sure about the Steelers or the Browns. I don't know if they're like that Super Bowl contention yet. But as of right now, I'm still saying that the, the Chiefs are the favorites to come out of the AFC. Um, I think that in terms of Super Bowl contention, there's probably more talent in the NFC in terms of teams that could legitimately win a Super Bowl, which is why I think the Chiefs have an easier path to the Super Bowl. But having to face a Tom Brady or potentially next year, like an Aaron Rodgers or whoever is going to come out of the nfc next year it's definitely going to be tough for them and i think that the good thing about the chiefs is you know their team is relatively young patrick mahomes is young he's going to be great for the next decade and at least they know what they need they need to work on now they know that they what they need to improve their team uh in terms of getting some protection for patrick mahomes so yeah i think they're definitely still the favorites i wouldn't say that the chiefs are undoubtedly untouchable in the afc because obviously the Browns could have beaten the Chiefs. Um, like stuff like that could happen. But I Mahomes do think didn't that the play Chiefs, that in the game. But yeah, I I know I know. But remember that fumble and Rashard Higgins is, is was that him who fumbled uh, right before the end zone? Yeah. But um, like stuff like that could happen. But I wouldn't say they're undoubtedly the favorites. But they're definitely the fate. They're definitely the favorites because I don't think like teams like the Bills 
are just as good as the Chiefs. I mean, they're good enough to get to a place like the AFC Championship to face off against the Chiefs, but are they really good enough to beat them? I don't think so. So I think teams that have a chance at beating the Chiefs are the Bills. I like the Ravens coming into next year, and the Browns probably need to get more weapons on offense in order for me to put them over that hump to say they're contenders. And I think that the only teams that may be able to touch the Chiefs in the AFC before uh, maybe if they even get to the Super Bowl are the Bills and the Ravens. Uh, yeah, adding, adding a little bit about the Ravens real quick. If they can get a wide receiver one, like potentially Kenny Galladay, Allen Robinson, maybe Chris Godwin, I think that that definitely makes them in contention to compete with the Chiefs because their biggest weakness this past year was not having a wide receiver one. Mark. Keys Hollywood Brown was not good enough to be a wide receiver one. And you know what? Mark Andrews was really their wide receiver one as a tight end this past year. And their defense is good enough. But if they can get that weapon um, uh, in their wide receiver core, I definitely think they can be uh, be dangerous in this division. I mean, uh, in this conference. And in the, speaking of the Chiefs division, I know you guys are going to be a little bit mad about me at me about this one. But there could be a little bit better of a Chargers team going into next year. Second year, Justin Herbert, who is going into his sophomore season, could potentially be uh, able to play really, really good football. Um, and then, I mean, a lot of the teams in the AFC are going to get a lot better. I think the Bills are going to continue to improve. The Steelers are not going to, I mean, they'll be as good. I'm not as good. Uh, probably a little worse. I mean, they went, what, 13-0 and to start, 12-0 and to start off the season or whatever. 11-0. Um, and then I think the Browns will get better. So I definitely, maybe the Dolphins too. I mean, there are definitely a lot of young teams in the AFC that could potentially compete with the Chiefs in the next couple of years. But next year, I'm not so sure about. But uh, let's talk about the Bills real quick. Uh, I'm going to go uh, back actually, to Actually, I'm going to say something really quick oh, yeah, about the Chiefs. So I'm not 100% sure what the question was. But if if the question was, are they the favorites? Yes, they're undoubtedly the favorites. I think they're still the favorites to win the Super Bowl next year. But the second part of that question is sort of, are they undoubtedly going to walk through the AFC to the Super Bowl? And I think the answer to that is no, as you guys all seem to say. Uh, you talked about a few good teams. The Ravens could definitely give them a run. The Bills weren't there this year exactly. Uh, Josh Allen didn't really look playoff ready or AFC, whatever that round is, divisional round, ready. But uh, I think he could be ready next year. But Conference. Conference game. Okay, yeah. But uh, I, I'd still take the Chiefs to make it to the Super Bowl next year, and I don't think it'll be a ton of super close games in the playoffs. Uh, and two more teams I want to mention here really quickly are the Indianapolis Colts could potentially get better, and also the um, the – uh, Tennessee Titans are still going to probably be pretty good with Derrick Henry and a good Ryan Tannehill, who probably is one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the NFL. But going back to the Bills real quick, Josh Allen took an incredible leap from last year to this year. He was an MVP candidate this year. He won Fantasy Player of the Year. I know awards don't mean that much, blah, blah, blah. But that shows that he did put up some incredible stats and played some very good football. So do you guys think he can maybe take another step next year and maybe potentially I mean, he kind of competed with Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers this year, but he wasn't on their level. Do you think he can be on their level next year? I'm not sure that Josh Allen – I'm not sure. I can't say for certain that it will happen, but Josh Allen's potential is so high just because of 
his arm strength and just his natural athletic ability and running ability to extend plays, throw on the run. For him, it's always just been accuracy. Um, you know, when you compare him to all these guys, the one step that everyone always is better than him in comparison is um, completion percentage. He just needs to throw uh, more accurate passes. And if he can be more consistent, I think that he's easily going to be a top five quarterback um, next year and in the coming future. Um, and just because um, he's he has so much talent and uh, especially pairing him with the Stefan Diggs, I think it really brought out the best of him. And I'm pretty sure John Brown is a free agent. So if he, uh, if he uh, goes to another team, they're definitely going to need to get him another weapon. And also I would like to see the Bills maybe go after a running back, maybe sneaky, sneaky spot for Aaron Jones, um, uh, which uh, I don't know if the Bills would be interested in that, but if you can maybe get some run game going, because it was really easy for like a team like the Chiefs to guard the Bills, knowing that they were going to pass every play. So maybe if Josh Allen gets a little more help, I think it could really you know just keep bringing out the best of Josh. Yeah, I think yeah, that... No. Oh, not bad. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I don't think that Josh Allen will take another huge step. Uh, and the reason I'm saying this is because um, I expected Luca this season. I know this is an NFL podcast, but I expected Luca to take another big step. I mean, he's been playing better, but he hasn't jumped like that. And I don't. And I think Josh Allen's sort of going to do the same thing. He'll be a little better. I don't think he'll take a huge jump, which will certify him as a top four quarterback in the NFL. But I do think that, like Andrew said, having Stephon Diggs on that team, that connection is so good that it always brings out the best of him. He'll always play well as long as Stephon Diggs is on the field healthy. So I I see the Bills back in contention. I don't know if I can take them over the Chiefs. Yeah, towards the end of the year, I think Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen established himself as one of the best wide receiver QB duos in the league up there with Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill and Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. I think Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are probably still the best going into next year, but I definitely think they're – some other uh, quarterback wide receiver duos that could compete with them next year for that title in a way, I guess we could say. Um, uh, so is there any other teams you guys want to talk about in the AFC about uh, disappointing, surprising, uh, just about anything about this past year in the AFC, really? Oh, wait, I have one more thing, really. Um, Cam Newton. Going in next year, is Cam Newton going to have a starting job in the NFL? I'm going to make this short and quick uh i don't think he will uh he wasn't good on the patriots i expected him to be good with the patriots but he was horrible no andrew i'm gonna take a hard pass on that one i think he'll definitely get a get a backup job somewhere because backup quarterbacks as we've seen in recent years with so many QB injuries, season-ending injuries, they're definitely good and cam newton's probably one of the better backup quarterbacks but he just hasn't proven that he can be a, a starter for a team Campbell? Uh, yeah, I'm going to agree with what you guys said. No. But uh, he could be someone like Jacoby Brissett who comes in on like third and short downs and has like the ability to run or any sort of QB sneak, something like that. I think you could see him in that sort of slot. Um, yeah, talking about that, I could definitely see him in uh, definitely a role like maybe on a team like the Saints because – Drew Brees is probably going to retire. Um, and if Jameis Winston walks, I mean, I could potentially see him and Taysom Hill uh, maybe battling for that job, uh, something else. But for now, I'm going to go with the easy way. I'm going to go maybe. 
depending on the location, if he stays with the Pats, potentially, potentially, um, if you go somewhere else, maybe like the Colts or something, I don't know. We'll see. I think it's potentially still maybe the bears too. I mean, there are definitely a lot of locations that could use um, another either backup quarterback or a kind of one or two year rental in a quarterback. So um, yeah. I'd just like to add one thing that you mentioned the Colts. Uh, The Colts are a pretty interesting team. Uh, I feel like the Colts are a better version of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers team last year. They have a great team outside of the quarterback position and they just need a good cornerback to take them over the top which is literally what tom brady did to the buccaneers and i think if the colts can get um a good quarterback uh you know i, I think if i were them i would i would trade a ton of draft picks and they have so many guys on defense i'd be willing to give up maybe one of their uh young defenders and some draft picks to get to sean watson because that team I- is that can team I, is really talented, and with a quarterback, especially in the AFC, they can easily contend. They can easily contend, in my opinion. I, I, the one concern about I have that I have about that Deshaun Watson trade is I just don't think they're going to trade him in division. Like I don't think that they will trade him. To the I Colts. think I definitely think that that is is much less likely. I'm just thinking like in terms of what the Colts need. If the Colts, I really wanted them to trade for Stafford because I thought that Stafford could yeah, make that, them a legit yeah. contender because yeah. th- they're. They have a, arguably the best defense, a top three defense at worst. They have Jonathan Taylor, who was second in the league in rushing this past season and who looks like he's going to be a great back. They have wide receivers, and they can also draft one, and there's so many in the market this year that they're probably going to end up picking one up. They just need a quarterback. That's literally the only position they need. So there's been some rumors maybe the Colts trade up to get a younger guy, but I feel like they're more in a win-now mode. So if they can maybe try to trade for one of these guys um, – I've seen some rumors about Carson Wentz. Yeah, that's I'm not, what I was about to mention. I'm not sure if that's worth taking game on. Maybe it is if the price is low, I, but I think the Eagles will ask for a lot. If Carson Wentz played cl- anywhere close to his MVP level that he did be- a couple years ago when the uh, when the Eagles made that Super Bowl run, I think that it was ga- it would be worth it for the Colts. Because I mean, if Carson Wentz plays relatively good football, I think that they're definitely a playoff team. I mean, Philip Rivers. Uh, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame in a couple of years. A great Charger, just retired. Um, uh, he, I, I mean, he played okay this past year. Um, he was old, but uh, he wasn't the greatest quarterback uh, in the NFL. He was a mid-tier quarterback this past year, and he got them to, what was it? Were they the last seed in the playoffs? I don't remember. But all those teams were very close to each other. So, um, yeah, I definitely can see the Colts trying to trade for Carson Wentz and making them a playoff contender, making them – Maybe even the leader for that division over the Titans. But uh, Andrew, like we were talking about before, I think it's I think it's more likely that Deshaun Watson's traded to either the Dolphins or the Jets rather than the Colts, just because I feel like the Jets and the Dolphins maybe have a little more to offer. And I don't think I don't think the Texans will trade him in division. I just I playing against him two times a year. I just I don't think they would do that. Um, okay, so now we're gonna move on to the other division just really quickly. I know we talked about it for a little bit with the Bucks, but let's go into a little more in depth with. The NFC. Um, we'll start with the Saints here. Drew Brees is going to retire. They are what a hundred million over the cap. Just name it. What do you guys think is a couple solutions for the Saints team going in the offseason and going to next year? I mean, they were one of the Super Bowl contenders this past year. Um, didn't work out for them. They lost to the Buccaneers, and I think it was the divisional round, right? Um, so uh, what do you guys think they're going to do this offseason? Well, they're going to have to release some guys, trade some guys, re-structure re, uh, some contracts. But in terms of guys that are trading, um, 
you know, as a Cowboys fan, we need a cornerback. So, you know, Marshawn Lattimore, if he's on the trading block, I would love the Cowboys to go after him. But I mean, yeah, the Saints really, they went all in on this season um, and it didn't work out. I already saw that they, they reconstructed Drew Brees' contract, which um, saved $24 million. So that helps, uh, but it doesn't solve the problem. So they're pretty much going to have to reconstruct some contracts and then either release or just trade some guys, you know, I think that instead of trade, instead of trading, you know, all the bad players or not bad players, but maybe just like the mid to tier, mid tier players, not like their best players, it might not get them far. I think the best solution would be to try to reconstruct the contracts of the mid tier players and then maybe take like a Marshawn Lattimore or a Cameron Jordan, even though I know he's loved as a saint because they're on big contracts, maybe trade one of those guys and get like a ton of draft capital for them. And then you can, you know, maybe get a top pick in this draft. Like maybe you can give Marshawn Lattimore to the Cowboys or the Broncos or the Niners, three teams or the, that, or the Chargers or the Chargers, three teams that need a cornerback and get their first round pick this year and draft Sertan or Caleb Farley. Like there's different, there's different ways to go about it. But I think instead of trying to trade all the mid tier guys, cause trading those mid tier guys that are on big contracts, you're not going to get much. But if you reconstruct those to smaller amounts of money and trade one of your bigger guys, I'm not saying like trade Alvin Kamara, but if they trade one of their more valuable pieces, they'll get more back. And I think that'll definitely help them in the long run. I don't think they're going to go into a full rebuild, though. I still think they'll try to contend this season. Yeah, I don't think they're going to go. Let me just say, it's going to be 10 seconds real quick. They're not going to go into a rebuild. I mean... If they lose Drew Brees, they're going to lose Drew Brees. He's going to retirement, but I think they're high on Jameis Winston. Um, they could re-sign him to uh, maybe one two-year deal, see if he can establish himself as a starting quarterback. And if he can, I think they're once again a Super Bowl contender because that team is very talented. Yeah, so talking about their cap space, um, I think there are two solutions to them cutting down on their cap uh, their cap problem. And for me, that would be trying to either cut or trade Janoris Jenkins and Taysom Hill because Taysom Hill is one of the highest paid backup quarterbacks in the NFL. He has, he's on like a $16 million contract. And if they're handing the keys to uh, James Winston, I say you cut Taysom Hill because you don't really need someone who's uh, making 16. I know he's loved by all Saints fans and stuff because he's so versatile. He can throw, he can run especially well. But if he's making $16 million and you're in a cap crisis, you need to cut him. Uh, they have so many players on their team who are making so much money at such an old age. That's sort of the problem. And going to whether they're going to contend or go to a rebuild, Sean Payton's style is always to contend, and I think they're going to stay in contention. I think Jameis Winston, I mean, he did get his eyes fixed. He just never got that starting job. So you, you, we don't really know what he's like. I mean, he threw that like 64-yard dot versus the Buccaneers in that divisional round game. He had more passing yards than Drew Brees at one point in the first half. So I don't really know. Um, he looked pretty good at, on that one snap I saw in the playoffs. But if he can consistently do that, it's pretty good for the Saints next year. So I, I think I want Jameis Winston to start on that team, especially because he's on a smaller contract than Jameis. I mean, adding something Taysom. really quickly. I don't think they're going to cut Taysom Hill because I think Jared Cook is going to walk. So um, I think that if they like Taysom Hill as potentially a tight end, because you know what, they could be playing maybe a kind of formation that doesn't really use like an actual tight end and play Taysom Hill in all sort of places and kind of use them as their tight end. So I don't know if they'll cut Taysom Hill, but if they really need to cut down on cap space, they could definitely do that. Campbell, I see you had something to add. 
Uh, yeah, I agree with Dean. I want to see uh, Jameis Winston get a chance with that Saints team. And I, uh, I saw this one thing. It was Jameis Winston threw more playoff touchdowns against the Buccaneers than Patrick Mahomes did. So I just thought that was pretty funny. But uh, obviously that one throw isn't like some like huge sample size, but like he looks ready. Like he, he still threw a ton of touchdowns the other year. And yeah, he had a bunch of picks to go along with it. But as Dean said, you know, uh, that ice surgery might have fixed some things. So I, I want to see him get another shot. Okay. Um, I think we should move on to uh, Dean's team. Um, I'm not even going to explain it right now because I'm just going to let Dean talk because I know he's a lot to say about what they can do in the offseason. I'm going to start one really quickly. He wants them to draft a wide receiver in the first round of the draft. Dean, what do you have to say about that? Yeah, so uh, especially in the first round of this draft class, I really like a lot of the wide receivers. Um, Andrew showed me a few clips of his favorite wide receiver in the class, Nico Collins. Maybe a second-round pick for the Packers. I don't know. But uh, talking about what the Packers hopefully would do is I'm hoping they would trade up. They made an aggressive move to trade up for Jordan Love last year. Very surprised by that still. I think they should do the same thing, be very aggressive, but instead be aggressive for a, a position need, and that's a wide receiver. Um, uh, I, I, like, I love Rashad Bateman. I know he has the exact same play style as Devontae Adams. But he's so he's so good, and I, I really want the Packers to try and make a move on someone like him. If we can get a Kadarius Tony without trading up, that'd also be nice. But um, I really want the Packers to draft a wide receiver. And if there are none on the board, I don't want them to really reach in the first round. Maybe draft a corner because Kevin King is not going to be on our team next year. That's a fact. Um, so, uh, yeah, we definitely need to work on our secondary. I mean, we have Jair Alexander, uh, highest. I mean, he, what was he like the highest rated corner? I don't really know the exact stat, but he was like the highest rated corner in the league this past year. So he, we have one good cornerback. Kevin King was good in the regular season. I mean, he was so bad in the playoffs, but we really need to replace him. If we can get Asante Samuel, if there are no good wide receivers on the board, I'd take that. But uh, cornerback and wide receiver and also improve our run defense because it wasn't very it was good to end the year, but uh, it wasn't very good throughout. So those are the three main things for the Packers. And I expect Aaron Rodgers to play well, because as long as Aaron Rodgers is playing well, the Packers are always going to be in contention to win their division at least. So, I mean, it's going to be a more interesting season for the Packers next year. There's going to be a lot more to play for. The Vikings are going to be better. The Bears, if they. I hope they don't trade for Deshaun Watson. That'd be really bad. Um, but if they did, then, uh, I mean, there's going to be a lot to contend for uh, for the Packers in the NFC North. So it'll be really exciting. I'm just hoping they make a move on a wide receiver uh, and uh, upgrade their secondary a lot. Yeah, um, you definitely listed the the problems with the Packers roster. The fun, My favorite moment of the draft last year was when the Packers traded up they traded their second round pick. They traded up, and all the analysts, you know, covering the draft on TV, they're like, "Oh, the Packers have finally made the right decision to trade up and draft the wide receiver." You got, I think, Brandon Ayuk was on the board, and Denzel Mims, and someone T. else, Higgins. T. T. Higgins. They were speculating, Claypool. like they 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 were debating um, which wide receiver they were going to take, and they took Jordan Love, which was pretty funny at the time. But I don't know how they can't take wide receiver, but I don't think they need to go. As much as I would love to see Nico Collins, who's kind of like a big body, you know, vertical threat wide receiver, they don't really need that. I think a guy like Rondo Moore would be really good because he's he's five nine. He's kind of a Tyreek Hill type um, 
Tyreek Hill type play style. He's pretty fast. He has a 42 inch vertical. I just learned about, I saw a video. Um, and he, he just fits right in the slot and he'll, he'll be perfect for Aaron Rodgers. He's always open. I've watched him play in the big 10 against Michigan for a few years now. And he's, uh, he's a very deadly wide receiver. Um, but yeah, the Packers also, they have needs outside of that. The Packers had one of the worst rush defenses in the NFL. Um, they had one of the worst special teams units by far, but they did sign a new special teams coordinator. So I think that will be fixed. My, one of my favorite moments of the playoffs was when the, um, the Packers were playing the Buccaneers and they pulled up the, uh, special teams ranks for the Packers. And there was like, I think about five or six categories and the categories listed, I think it was. 30th place, 30th place, and then like last, 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 last. So not very good for the Packers there. Um, but yeah, I think as Dean said, as long as Aaron Rodgers is playing like Aaron Rodgers, they're going to be in, in contention for at least the NFC Championship game because in my opinion, the Packers have had worse teams than their team this year make it to the NFC Championship. I thought that this was one of the best teams Aaron Rodgers has ever had, um, especially the way Devontae Adams was playing. He's made it to the NFC Championship game with worse teams. So I think they're always in contention to at least get to the NFC Championship game. But I think, you know, the NFC is going to be tougher. You know, you got teams like the 49ers getting back healthy. You know, you got a team like the Cowboys getting back healthy. Um, you know, there's definitely... Just uh, had to mention the Cowboys. There's Just a team had like... had to mention it. You know, the Falcons could really bounce back new coach. You know, the Panthers could trade for Deshaun Watson or... They could trade up to get a quarterback. You know, there's, there's a, I feel like they're, the NFC East is going to be loaded next year. Um, I'm very the, excited. The NFC East. Like, you're, I'm um, sorry, Cowboys sorry. The East. NFC. The no, Cowboys no, 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 no. is going to be loaded next year. Are you, okay. That was okay. a mistake. That was a mistake. I just meant the NFC because I think there are going to be some teams that didn't do too well this year that are going to improve a lot. Um, and there's also a ton of teams just around the NFL that need quarterbacks and there's, between the draft and free agency and trades, there's a ton of quarterbacks available. So it's definitely going to be interesting. Um, and adding to kind of what we went into with free agency there. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, the Packers have Aaron Jones and Corey Lindsley, both are free agents. I think they also – is David Bakhtiari free agent? I don't, I don't remember. But I know he's not. Okay, so Corey Lindsley and Aaron Jones I know he's are He's currently agents. the highest-paid offensive lineman yeah, of all time. Yeah, we signed him in the, uh, during the season. Okay, yeah. I, I guess I – Forgot about that. Um. Uh. But Aaron Jones and Corey Lindsley are two probably high priority resigns for the uh, Packers. They, I think. I mean, people are saying they can maybe let a Aaron Jones walk because they have AJ Dillon. I think Aaron Jones is he's very very he's one of the most underrated wide uh running backs in the league. I think he's a very very good running back, and I think they should keep him. And also, Corey Lindsley is arguably the best center in the um the NFL. So um. Yeah, I think they need to re-sign both of those guys. And if they do choose to go in a different way in the draft, I think they could potentially go for a player like Will Fuller or Curtis Samuel or potentially Marvin Jones Jr. I know we've been talking about free agent wide receivers a lot here, but those three guys I think should definitely be on the radar for the Packers because um, they could definitely be good wide receiver twos to uh, play alongside Devontae Adams. So now we're going to move on to a team that Andrew mentioned as one of the most injury-prone in the NFL, probably may be the most injury-prone in the NFL, and it's not the Dallas Cowboys. It is the San Francisco 49ers. Um, I'm just going to list a couple of their injuries that they had this past year. Nick Bosa was out for the year. I think he got hurt in week one or week two. I think it was week two. Um, Solomon Thomas got hurt in the same week. 
Um, uh, Raheem Mostert was out for a good amount of time. Uh, Brandon Ayuk was out for a good amount of time. Debo Samuel was out for a good amount of time. Jimmy Garoppolo was out for a good amount of time. George Kittle was out for a good amount of time. So, uh, Aaron, uh, I'm for, also I'm forgetting about uh, Richard Sherman, who was also out for a pretty decent amount of time. So, I mean, when you have that many injuries, you're not going to repeat as uh. Super Bowl contenders. They made the Super Bowl last year, as we all know. Um, they did not make the playoffs this past year as they had a ridiculous amount of injuries. But do you guys think they can definitely bounce back next year, potentially win uh the NFC West? I think that uh the Niners definitely will have a bounce back year. I mean, they they finished last in their division this year, and now with Jimmy G, I know he gets a lot of hate because He's like everyone just compares him to all the other great quarterbacks in that division. And now Matthew Stafford is in that division, but I still think Jimmy G is serviceable. I mean, he still got to the Super Bowl, and what it means for the team. I mean, when the team's fully healthy, they're so scary. I mean, I still get nightmares of Raheem Mostert just running all over us last year in the NFC championship. I mean, that that's some scary stuff right there, but with a fully healthy 49ers team, they they have the potential to win 12, 13 games, if even. So I think that if the Niners stay healthy, continue to play well, get in that rhythm like they were all last season because they were beating a lot of good teams in the regular season. I mean, that, that division is one of the most stacked in the NFL, and they finished 13-3 and three in that division. I mean, that's pretty good. So if they can keep the ball rolling, I definitely see them back fully in contention next year. Uh, sorry, super quick. How many... Uh playoff teams for each conference next year are they seven, bringing right? it back i think they haven't decided that um it's, it's six or seven extra team uh it'll be I at least six but i think i, I, I think they're probably gonna seven, i think people like, liked the seven this yeah, year i, I like think the they seven. should keep it at seven and i feel like it's sort of safe to predict they would keep it there but we could like there is a possibility to see with with all the division games it's unlikely but if every single team in that NFC West division plays really well, like we could see all four of them in like really close contention. No, a hundred percent. If they like all split their games, I mean, but like they, they could, the three, I would, I would assume three of them are going to the playoffs. And I, if not four, I, I think four seems unlikely, but going into week 17, I think, we'll be looking at either three or four of those teams going to the playoffs. And I don't think that's too bold of a statement either. They have such a packed division there in the NFC West. Yeah. I think especially with the 49ers coming back healthily, this was un this is undoubtedly um, the best division football. The only problem is I, this might be a bold prediction, but I think the 49ers, if they do not trade for a quarterback, whether meaning either draft a guy, trade up to get a guy, or maybe trade for Deshaun Watson, or maybe like a Sam Darnold or Carson Wentz, which is a huge long shot. Assuming Jimmy Garoppolo is their quarterback, I, I see them finishing last in the division. And my reason why for that is because, well, they are a great coach team. They're, they have a great front office, great GM. The problem is they have so many free agents. Uh, first off, Trent Williams, their left tackle, he's a free agent. Uh, that's offensively, but defensively, I can just read you the list of the amount of free agent starters they have. Richard Sherman, he's most likely gone. Solomon Thomas is a free agent. He's probably going to want... Let me just say, Richard Sherman already says he's probably or basically going to leave the 49ers. So they're going to be yeah. using their number one corner. Exactly. Jason Verrett, uh, Jason Verrett, number two cornerback. Former he's, Charger. 
Yeah, he um, was their he best cornerback. He had a breakout year this year. He was their best cornerback. He's probably going to get paid by a certain he team. I'm not sure if the Niners are willing to give him. He's very good. I'm not sure if the Niners are willing to give him a lot of money. Um, Kendrick Bourne, wide receiver. I don't know how much he'll get in the market full of wide receivers. Tevin Coleman, Kyle Juszczyk, who's super important. Another defensive starter, um, Jaquizi Tart, uh, Jarek McKinnon. Who, who, Jarek McKinnon has already said on Instagram Live that he's not coming back to the 49ers. Um, they did re-sign Jeff Wilson, though, so they got at least him back. Um, and, you know, they just got a couple. They, they, their defense uh, is going to take a huge hit, so they're going to need to replenish some guys uh, on that. And I would love to see the Niners make a run at Deshaun Watson because I think that they have the draft capital to try to get him. But if if Jimmy G is their quarterback, I see them finishing last just because of the fact that he's the worst quarterback in the division by far, and it's not close. I mean, compared to Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, and Matthew Stafford, I don't think he's comparable to any of those guys. And I don't even think you can make an argument um, just because, you know, he was good, but he kind of has a Ryan Tannehill role. He needs that 200 rush yards per game. He needs that dominant defense to be able to make it through the Super Bowl. And I just don't think the Niners will have that because their offensive line, who was, you know, they're missing some guys and their defense is obviously going to be super damaged going into next year. So I don't see the Niners being good next year. Adding one more thing. Um, a big reason why they're obviously not like a, I mean, a big reason why they were good in that Super Bowl run is because of Robert Sala, their defensive coordinator, who is now the head coach of the Jets. And they lost him, which probably makes that um, that defensive uh, in San, uh, San Francisco not as appealing to not only free agents, but to people who are still there. And so he was a big part of um, that run to the Super Bowl and that great defense. Um and obviously, uh, like, you need talent on that team. And obviously, like, he probably wasn't, like, the biggest reason why that defense was so good. But he was definitely he was definitely a big reason. Um, now we're going to move on to the Seattle Seahawks really quickly. Um, we'll speed this one up a little bit. Um, so the Seattle Seahawks, do you think that um, they could potentially finish last in this division? I mean, they, I obviously, Russell Wilson's going to be very good next year. He's been a very consistent uh NFL player and he's one of the best quarterbacks of this generation and could potentially be if maybe he wins one or two more Super Bowls of all time um so but do you think that they have a good enough defense do you think that uh they're good enough really to be the one seed potentially in the NFC and the one seed in their division let alone um I'm gonna go with uh no I don't think they are good enough to be the one seed in the NFC let alone even be the one seed in their own division. Uh, Russell Wilson has recently shown frustration with the team. He's not really happy about anything that's going on, especially with their O-line. He was complaining about getting hit too much, which I understand because their offensive line is absolutely atrocious. But the one thing they do have going for them, Russell Wilson, I mean, if he's there to stay, I mean, shout out to Kavi. He's never had a losing season in his career. He had to bring that up. If you know, you know, he brought that up every single time he talked about Russell Wilson. Anyways, um, I mean, that defense really stepped it up ever since they traded for Carlos Dunlap, I believe. And they really have to fix their offensive line or else they're in danger to finish at the bottom of their own division that they've been ruling for many years now. I think that, I mean, they got upset by the Rams in the playoffs, which I totally did not expect. And that was versus Jared Goff. And now the Rams have Matthew Stafford, who's a significant upgrade over Jared Goff. So I think it's going to be really tough, especially if Russell Wilson's not feeling comfortable. 
playing as a Seahawk during the season when they're going against so many good teams. Like Russell Wilson is going to have to face a healthy Niners defense two times a year. And if their O-line is still very weak and it's hard to build a good O-line just like that over one off season. So if that's the case, Russell Wilson is definitely going to be a lot more frustrated throughout the year. And I can see them finishing at the bottom of the division. However, I think it's unlikely. I think it's more likely that a team like the Cardinals will because they have a younger QB, all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, that's what I have to say about the Seahawks and them finishing in their division. Uh, Cam will have to go really quickly. It's something to do, but uh, we'll just continue on talking about this. We'll talk about uh, – we're going to go after we go here. We'll talk about – to give you guys a little bit of a game plan. I guess this has been more of a – kind of review of the past season and a look ahead into the next one. But we're going to keep talking about the Seahawks. Andrew's going to go for a little bit. And then uh, we're going to go to the worst division in football this past year, the NFC East, where Andrew will love to talk about is Cowboys. And we'll talk a little bit about the controversy within the Eagles organization. Then we'll move on to our shot clock segment. So, uh, yeah, Andrew. Yeah, quickly, like Dean said, um, with the Niners defense getting healthy, that's two more tough matchups. And the Rams defense, <laughs> like they, they just won. I mean, the Rams defense single-handedly won a playoff game against the Seahawks this past season. And it's undisputing Russell Wilson's talent. It's undisputing the wide receiver core he has between DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And he has productive running backs in, uh, in Chris Carson and um, Carlos Hyde. But their offensive line is terrible. He's been sacked. The I'm pretty sure since he came into the NFL, he's been sacked the most out of any quarterback in that time uh, span from his rookie season until now, which if like he's literally came out and said that he's mad and he said that he understands if teams are calling a trade for him. And there's been some buzz around maybe he could get traded. The Seahawks have no intentions of training him at this current moment, but I could definitely see the Seahawks, you know, being like a wild card team first round exit um you know i, I can definitely see them being another first round exit next year my prediction early prediction because free agency and the draft hasn't happened but if the season started right now i'm choosing the rams to to win that division and i'm saying that the cardinals are going to be just as good as the seahawks i i think that the seahawks will find a way because russell wilson's good at you know just finding a way to win games but you know he started off the first few weeks as being an MVP candidate, and then he just fell off. That entire Seahawks team just fell off, and they headed into the ro- the, the postseason kind of. They kind of just limped in. Um, you know, they barely won the division, and you know the Rams were their toughest matchup. And if they can't beat the Rams, then like, I mean, there's going to be tougher teams, especially with Matthew Stafford. Like, the Rams are going to be able to put up points now. So, yeah, I think the Seahawks are definitely in some trouble. Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they'll be as good as they were this year. What they either thirteen and three or twelve and four. I can't remember which one exactly, but I'm expecting them to go to be as uh have around the same record as they did this year. I mean, I don't think they will lose as many uh very many pieces. I think they can definitely make their defense better. Uh, Seattle is definitely going to be a, I think, probably an appealing place for defensive players as they will get opportunities to play. And they can definitely be a Super Bowl contender with Jamal Adams, Bobby Wagner, maybe a better DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Chris Carson, Russell Wilson. I mean, obviously, they weren't very healthy this year either. I mean, yeah, they were healthy, but like Chris Carson was out for a good amount of time, which is a big part of their um offense and their defense was in and out. Uh, 
healthy and unhealthy. So if they can stay healthy, I definitely think that they can win this division and maybe make a run in the playoffs. But for right now, I don't know if they're a lock um, to win this division. Um, So now we're going to go into the NFC East and we will start with the Dallas Cowboys. We will let Andrew rant for a little bit here. I know he has a lot to say about his Cowboys as they were one of the most injury prone teams this past year. And they could be getting Dak Prescott back this season, uh, this upcoming season. I mean, most likely, I don't know if they're going to get him back probably because they'll franchise tag him if they don't get an extension off. But Andrew, what is your opinion on this? Yeah, as it seems right now, and there's been reports that that, um, they're not close on a contact extension, which is so annoying uh, as being a fan. So it seems like he's going to get franchise tagged again because if they don't franchise tag him, then they essentially just lose him for nothing, and then he just walks away to a team. I mean, there's a small chance that, you know, there's there's a small chance that they would involve him in a trade for either a top draft pick or a top QB on the market like a Deshaun Watson if they really didn't think he was the long-term plan. But I think there's like, you know, a, above a 95% chance that uh, Dak Prescott, whether he's on an extension or a franchise tag, is the uh, the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys next year. And I'm probably going to be pretty upset as a diehard Cowboys fan if he's not. But looking ahead to their team, I mean, I don't understand how you couldn't bring him back because once he left, I mean, he's the leader of the team. He's the team captain, the heart and soul of the team. The team is just so different without him. It's like he's clearly the most valuable player on the team. It wasn't even close. Um, and while the defense was historically bad, the defense picked it up uh, at the end of the season. And they were actually good the past uh, like five, six-ish weeks. They were respectable. Okay, yeah, but they, it's not like they were like, a very good defense. Oh no, no, no! They were they, they were, were the pack when they played. Yeah, no, no, no. They were middle of the pack at best. But looking forward to next season, if the Cowboys can restock their defense through the draft and pick up some uh, veterans and free agency, if they can get a middle of the pack defense with that coming back, I mean, they had the number one offense in the league before Dak got injured. So if they're going to have a top five at worst offense with a middle of the pack defense, I'm okay. looking at Please, don't I'm say looking top at div- five at worst because they're not. That's not how it works. They might have had one of the best offenses in the league to begin the season, but that was what the first three four weeks. I mean, I mean, there were yeah, but they were on pace. They got on the rhythm later in the season yeah. that would have overtaken them if Dak stayed healthy. I mean, obviously, they probably would have won their division with Dak healthy, but that doesn't mean that they would have had automatically a top five offense in the I'm NFL. I'm not saying automatically. I'm just saying they were on pace to have one of the best offenses in the history of the league. Dak Prescott okay, was on yeah, pace to break numerous records. So assuming Dak comes back the same player he was, which... Apparently, he's way ahead of schedule on recovery, which is a really good sign. So the fact that he's way ahead of schedule and he's going to be ready for opening uh, the for, uh, week one uh, next year, I can only think that our offense is going to be just as good. CeeDee Lamb's only going to get better. You know, I hope and I pray that Ezekiel Elliott will, you know, at least be a shell of what he was, you know, when we signed him to a huge max extension. Our offensive line also is getting healthy. I mean, I mean you know, second and, you know, backups and third stringers the entire year, pretty much. Um, so between the offensive line getting healthy, Dak coming back, I think it's I think it's pretty safe to say the Cowboys will have one of the deadliest offenses. So in my opinion, a middle-of-the-pack defense can easily, easily contribute to them uh, winning the division. Yeah, Dean, you think if this Cowboys team stays healthy next year, they have a relatively good defense? You think they're a lock to win the NFC East? I mean, it depends what happens with their defense and 
assuming Dak comes back healthy, and I believe that Dak's a top seven quarterback in the NFL when healthy. I mean, he was he was really good this year before he got hurt. So if everything goes well for the Cowboys over the offseason, maybe they get lucky and get Patrick Sertain. Probably not going to happen, but um, I, I think that if the Cowboys can upgrade their defense, everyone stays healthy on their offense, O-line gets back in healthy, Zeke plays better than he did this year, although they had a horrible offensive line to support him, and... Uh, CD gets better. Same with Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, all those guys. And obviously, their be- their best player, Dak Prescott. Um, yes, I think they're a lock to win the NFC East. I don't think they're a lock to make a playoff run by any means. But the NFC East, unless Deshaun Watson somehow ends up uh, on a different team in the NFC East, I do think that uh, the Cowboys are a lock as long as uh, they're all healthy. Yeah, I was just about to add that theme. There's always that wild card of Deshaun Watson getting traded to potentially the Washington football team. There have been a little bit of rumors about that. Probably, I mean, the Texans don't want to trade him, uh, let alone, and I don't know if the uh, the uh, the football team have whatever their name is going to be. I don't know if it's going to continue as the football team or go to another team, but that the Washington team, um, they I don't know if they have as much to offer as teams like the Jets and the Dolphins, like I talked about before, um, but uh yeah, that could be something intriguing to look at over the offseason. Uh, and now we're going to go up to another one of the most uh, kind of controversial teams in uh, the league this past year was the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, they tanked them the last game of the season. We saw that. Now they have the sixth pick in the draft. It technically worked for them, even though they got a lot of lot of hate for it, in my, in my opinion, which was – Honestly deserved. You don't take an NFL game no matter what if you're in the playoffs, out of the playoffs, unless you're the Jacksonville Jaguars um, and you literally have no future right now and all you need is Trevor Lawrence to make your organization go from this to this or for our our podcast listeners to go from the bottom to potentially the top. Um, uh, And so, uh, yeah, I think that 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 was just ridiculous from Doug Peterson. And I think if he didn't do that, he wouldn't have gotten fired. I mean, he Maybe, probably would have. They want four, eleven, and one, but I think it definitely would have been less likely because that was just a terrible play call, um, or not even a play call, a game call. Um, but adding to that, um, they're probably going to trade Carson Wentz. I think they're committed to Jalen Hurts from now on. Probably going to trade Zach Ertz. Maybe get a little bit of draft capital out of that, along with a trade for Carson Wentz. But what do you t- what do you think that is in store for this team going into next season? I think they could potentially also contend in this NFC East if Jalen Hurts plays. Um, plays pretty well. I, I saw a couple of things that said he did not play as well as people thought he did. He had maybe one or two good games. Uh, the other of his games were okay. Um, but if he can play good football, I definitely think they're contenders in this division. But uh, what do you guys think? Um, Yeah, I mean, it seems as though they've committed to Jalen Hurts as of right now. He definitely has shown, as you said, he wasn't great in every game, but he did show a ton of potential especially being a dual threat running and throwing the football. And they've pretty much already come out and said, uh, they haven't, you know, physically said this, but it's pretty much uh, certain that Carson Wentz is going to be on a new team, uh, excuse me, new team for the beginning of next season. Um, so yeah, I think that's sticking with Jalen Hurts, assuming they don't maybe trade up and try to draft the quarterback or just stick where they are at what the sixth pick and just draft There's- one. There's a good chance there's a quarterback there. I mean, they could people could. There's a chance that like a Zach Wilson or Justin Fields is there, so maybe they trade Jalen Hurts for another position. But there have been rumors that Carson Wentz is going to be traded to the Chicago Bears for Nick Foles that I've seen, which I think would be pretty funny. 
Um, but I think they're committed to Jalen Hurts for next season. And as you said, Tyler, it looks like Zach Ertz is also uh, out the door as well. And he went when he's healthy. He's you can definitely make the argument that he's a top five tight end um, in the NFL. He played like one not this past season, but two seasons ago. And I still think he has a, a lot of talent and a lot of production left. So a team that's in need of another weapon, uh, especially the tight end position, could definitely go after him. But I just think that. With the healthy Dak and a healthy Cowboys team coming back, I don't see the Eagles winning the division. And honestly, I'm not even sure if they'll be the second best team in the division. I think that depending on who the quarterback for the Washington football team is, uh, I think they could potentially either get a wild card or be at least second in that division because I'm not sure if Taylor Heineke can get it done because they just re-signed him. But outside of the quarterback position, the Washington football team, they have a great defense, arguably top 10. They're great. Uh, they're a great coach. They have a great young wide receiver. One, Terry McLaurin. They have Antonio Gibson. You know, they have a top draft pick. Uh, they can definitely get us a, a guy that they can plug in and start on offense or defense. Um, they could probably use another playmaker on the outside. Um, yeah, I could definitely blind. see like a Rashad Bateman going there, something off- like that. I think that might be a little high, but they're. I mean. I saw some reports that say he's going up, up, and up, and up on draft boards. So, you know what? At What do they have, 18, 19, something like that? I could definitely see them taking a wide receiver to go alongside Terry McLaurin there. Definitely possible. And for the Eagles, going back to your original question, Tyler, do you think they will have a chance to compete for the NFC East title? Um, Like you guys have both mentioned multiple times, I think they're going to stick to Jalen Hurts. I Highly, I think it's basically near 0% for them to just give up on Jalen Hurts if someone like Justin Fields is on the board. But I do want to talk about, I do want to talk about their draft position because I think they have a lot of, they have a lot to do with their draft because they have a lot of high ground with the, with their draft pick. They have the six overall pick and chances are they're either going to have, they're, well, they're probably definitely going to either get one of Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith. If, or Jalen Waddle, if or both Jaylen are taken Waddle. above. Right, right. So there are three great wide receivers right there on the board. And, I mean, if they don't go for a wide receiver, they could go for a corner. I, I bet they would go for a wide receiver to get Jalen Hurts uh, another weapon. But I, I want to add let me, uh, about that comment. I think that they were almost close to a lock at either taking a wide receiver or a cornerback. I definitely think that if they do want to take a cornerback, it's just going to be who are they higher on, Caleb Farley or um, uh, Patrick Sertain, because I, I think both of them will be there there. So I definitely think it's just going to be if they do really want to commit to that defensive side of the ball and get a corner for the future, um, I definitely think that they could just choose between one of those two because they could potentially try to get a – this wide receiver jack class is deep so they could potentially try to get a uh a draft a, a wide receiver in the second or third round but uh i definitely think that is what they're gonna do in the first round wide receiver or cornerback because um like i i said before like i def zach wilson or andrew added zach wilson or justin fields would probably be there at their uh at six but the chances of them taking a quarterback are so low for me. I mean, if they drafted Jalen Hurts last year, they played him. There are rumors that, or they, they probably are going to change, uh, <laughs> trade Carson Wentz. So I see no reason or no way they draft a quarterback in this draft. So, Dean, yeah, you go. Um, so going back to their uh, six overall pick, yeah, I, w- I would lean towards that they're going to take a wide receiver just because I think they want to get Jalen Hurts up and ready, feeling confident coming into his sophomore season. Um, I think that 
I like it's going to be so confusing for me for the Eagles next year because they're so unpredictable. Um, I was high on Carson once coming into the year, and then he has a season like this. I mean, what can you say? And now they're probably done with him. They're going to have Jalen Hurts, but I can see them finishing last in this division just because they're so they're so inconsistent. And I mean. You have teams like the Cowboys. I definitely think that the Cowboys are a lock to at least finish above the Eagles. And then you have teams like the football team. Like they 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 had Alex Smith as their starting quarterback for most of the season, and they were still better than uh they're still exponentially better than the Eagles this year. And then you have the Giants. I mean, I don't know what Daniel Jones will do next year, but you never know. He could finish the, the Giants team overall could uh be better than the Eagles team overall next year. So I think that the Eagles can finish anywhere from two to four in the division. So we'll just have to see. They're a really, they're a really weird team to follow. One thing I would just like to quickly add is that the Eagles made an interesting head coach hire. You know, there were a ton of names that they could have chosen out there. A ton of guys available, maybe like Eric Bieniemy, Josh McDaniels, some of these well-respected, highly regarded guys. But they went with Nick Sirani, who was um, it's offensive coordinator. If I'm correct, I think. Uh, yeah, he's coming from the Colts. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Matt E. Blurfowitz is the defensive coordinator. So Silver. Yeah, so he's definitely he was. Yeah, he's the offensive guy, offensive coordinator. He's unknown and unproven. So, I mean, maybe he's like a offensive wizard, and they could be great. But I just I've never even heard of him, and it seemed like there were so many other guys higher on everyone else's list, but the Eagles chose this guy who's unproven, and no one really knows much about him. So between that as well. That's definitely going to play an impact. And as you guys were talking about the draft pick, one, one last thing, um, I don't see how they can't draft the wide receiver. I mean, they already messed up their wide receiver pick, Jalen Ranger. I don't know how you can pass on getting a guy like Devontae Smith or Jamar Chase or even Jalen Waddle if they're available because all three of those guys would probably walk in the building and easily be the wide receiver one on the Eagles. They have no wide receivers at all. And Jalen Ranger at best is a number two guy in the slot. So maybe getting someone on the outside, like a Waddle, or I don't think Smith will be there. Um, but maybe Jamar Chase is like, that could help them so much. And I know that they need cornerbacks, but I mean, if they want to have any success, plus with the offensive minded coach, like if they want to have a ton of success, then they most likely need to draft a wide receiver. Yeah, and the last team that we're, is in this division that we haven't really talked about, the New York Giants are picking at number 11, and they might just take one of those three wide receivers that is on the board. And it's probably most likely going to be Jalen Waddle because um, Devontae Smith and Jamar Chase are probably – they're known – they're the two best wide receivers in the class right now. They're kind of interchangeable in all these mock drafts, and then Jalen Waddle usually goes right after them. So, yeah, we could all definitely see Jalen Waddle going to the Giants there, potentially – Kyle Pitts, uh, the Florida tight end uh, who plays like a wide receiver. He's as good as a wide receiver. He's a very good player. So, yeah, that uh, that's also going to be something interesting going to next year. And they're going to get back Saquon Barkley next year. So, you never know. Danny Dimes can play some good football. This this team might not be too terrible. I, I think mean, this we'll is see. I think this is Daniel Jones' last year to to Perfect. kind of prove to the Giants organization that he is the future quarterback of that team i think if i were them i'd go after deshaun watson if he's available maybe if they if they're high on like a mac jones or like a kyle trask maybe you take one of those guys 
Maybe you They're trade back in the first round. They're not going to take uh, him at number 11. Maybe Trey Lance is there. I was going to say, Trey uh, Lance, I was that. also going to mention uh, Trey Lance. I was saying maybe you could trade back, or maybe if either Jones or Trask fall to second, third round, you can take one of those guys as a backup plan. But I feel like Daniel Jones... I, I feel like it's I feel like it's fair to give him one more year to really assess him, but at some point, like you know, Saquon Barkley's extensions coming soon. So if they want to if they want to get a top quarterback, that's not through the draft. The time is now. So Daniel Jones has had his problems. I'm not willing to say that he's a bust yet. Um, I'll say this: he was a better draft pick than Dwayne Haskins, which uh, the Giants got a lot of hate for. It. Uh, not taking Haskins and taking Daniel Jones. But yeah, I think Daniel Jones has one more season to prove that he can be the quarterback for the Giants. And I'm not sure how it's going to turn out. Um, adding one more thing about uh, the Giants here. I've heard a couple interesting things being said, uh, not only in my household, but online too. Um, if Saquon Barkley gets hurt next year or doesn't play up to his expectations of the past couple of years, could we consider him a bust? This is a question for a later podcast, but um, for now, we're just going to go to shot clock. I thought you were going to say, would you consider them trading Saquon Barkley? Because I've seen a ton of rumors because no, no. Saquon's Bark, as we've seen, running backs that get paid, they're not on winning teams. And I, I saw I saw something that said that the highest paid running back that was the running back one for the past like 15 seasons was literally Leonard Fournette this year in terms of the running back one. And he was like literally picked up off waivers and he was the running back one for a championship winning team. I saw this one, this one uh, thing on TikTok of a Giants fan pleading the Giants to trade Saquon Barkley because they don't want to see him get injured again. And because even without him, they were able to run the ball super effectively with a much cheaper option in Wayne Gallman. And they could use that extension money because that probably he's, probably behind McCaffrey and maybe around Kamara or Dalvin yeah, Cook range. Like, like I'm not sure if he's worth that money. I mean, just look at Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott looked like a top three running back when he got paid, but now like what was happening to factor in the injuries to Saquon as well. Like they, they, they could get, I mean, Saquon Barkley is probably the Deshaun Watson of running backs, so they could get so much for him. Um, but yeah, it's definitely an interesting thing. Yeah. Um, that's why I was saying like, could you consider him a bust? Because they were expecting him to be, honestly, probably the best running back in the NFL for, what, 10 years? So, or more like eight years, I mean. But uh, he's been injured basically every single year he's been in the league. So if he's not producing for you, you could technically consider him kind of a bust. I can't say he's a bust. I don't think he's a bust personally, just because when he's on the field, he's been really good. So if he can stay healthy, he will be one of the best running backs in the league. But we have yet to see We've yet seen if he can stay healthy. So last thing to add, just about a whole review of this. This is a good thing to end on for our NFL review of the season. In the Super Bowl, four touchdowns were scored by Buccaneers players. Two were by Rob Gronkowski. One was by Leonard Fournette. And one was by Antonio Brown. All three of those players were, uh, were, uh, came onto the Buccaneers after Tom Brady. That is the definition of the Tom Brady effect of what the GOAT can do to an NFL team. He literally took three players and brought them to the team. And they literally won the Super Bowl for the team. I mean, that 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 was crazy to me when I heard about that and when I saw that. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so now we're going to move on to shot clock real quick. Um, 
the shot clock for today is so far. We, uh, we are about, I think, 24 or 25 games into the NBA season. Who has been the most uh, disappointing NBA uh, team this season? Um, Dean, you're going to go first here. 24 seconds on the clock, starting now. All right, so there have been quite a few disappointing teams in the NBA this year, but I'm going to have to choose the Miami Heat. Uh, they've had to deal with many injuries, not even related to injuries, but COVID has destroyed their team. But they just made, they're fresh off a of finals appearance, and they played amazingly in the playoffs, and they've just been so disappointing. I'm, I believe they're the 12 seed in the East right now, and the East is weak. So, I mean, I'm going to have to go with the Heat because the East is super weak this year, and yeah. Okay, Andrew, it is your turn now. 24 seconds on the clock, starting now. All right, as Dean said, there's several teams I could choose from here, but I'm going to go with the Washington Wizards. Um, they have they are tied for the least amount of wins in the NBA. When they traded for Russell Westbrook, it was a win-now move with him and Bradley Beal. They were expected to be a top eight team at worst and make the playoffs. And it's just gone downhill. They've been affected by COVID. Yeah. But Russell Westbrook is having arguably the worst season of his career. Although he's putting up great numbers, it's not translating into wins and the wizards might end up losing Bradley Beal at the end of the season. Okay. It's my turn now. Dean, you want to time me? Yeah, I got the timer right here. All right, Tyler. 24 seconds on the clock to tell us who the most disappointing team in the NBA this season so far. Ready? Go. So I'm going to say this for me and Campbell, who I know also want to say this team, the Dallas Mavericks. They have the MVP frontrunner from the beginning of the season, and Luka Doncic, and all-star in Kristaps Porzingis when he's healthy. He obviously started the season off injured, but now he's healthy, and they've just been all that disappointing. Josh Richardson hasn't lived up to the expectations. He was traded for a good uh, three-point shooter in Seth Curry, and overall, they just they haven't been as good as people are expecting. People are expecting them to be, mate, at worst, a six seed, and what are they now? The 11th to 12th seed in the West, so you know what? They need to get better from here if they want to make a playoff seed. Yeah, they so, are currently the uh, 12 seed, and uh, I am not complaining. Um, I would oh, love to see the Mavericks goodness. be terrible this season because uh, I feel like it's only worth good karma uh, for Knicks fans who had to see the only franchise-caliber player the team has had uh, in a while, at least through the draft, be traded away. If you don't know what I'm talking about, the New York Knicks own the Dallas Mavericks draft pick this year unprotected, so wherever it falls, the Knicks will get that pick. And the fact that, I mean, I think the Mavericks will squeeze into the playoffs. I, I don't see a, a world where they're not at least a top 10 seed. But even then, even if they're like ninth or 10th, that's still a lottery pick. So the fact that, you know, the, the Knicks are one of the most unlucky teams, but the fact that maybe that pick could squeeze into the lottery and maybe the Knicks could get lucky, it's just, I, I just hope the, the Mavericks lose as many games as possible. And the slow start is... uh is is definitely helping that cause. Yeah, maybe they'll be the Blazers from last year. Um, the Blazers were carried to the eight seed by Damian Lillard. They barely inched in there. Uh, CJ McCollum was a little bit of a help. He was a little bit injured. Um, he's kind of, Christoph Porzingis is kind of in that similar role as CJ McCollum was last year. And so maybe they can squeak into that eight seed this year. Um, but they definitely are going to need more help from their bench players and from players like Josh Richardson, Maxi Kleba, um, Dwight Powell, um, Dorian Finney-Smith, uh, Jalen Brunson, I can go on and on. So, uh, yeah, 
Um, so that is going to do it for today's podcast. Thank you all for listening and watching. Remember, we have recently started to post the videos of our Zooms on YouTube, and we have continued to put our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everything. And go follow us on social media at ATBuzzerPodcast. We will see you next time.